Hello, everyone. Hope that you are comfortable and you've brought your meals because it's lunchtime. It's the Lunch Hour Sports Show. I'm your host, Jake. Joined as always by Dan the Man. I'm here. Dan the Man. Dirty Dan. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. A man of many names, you, sir, Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Dan Campbell. <laughs> well, who's called you Dan Campbell? Myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I start talking like this, man. Well, man. I'm glad we got your impression out of the way early this week. I can do a I can do a pretty good Dan Campbell when that I was need pretty to. solid, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You bring man. a similar energy to Dan Campbell, depending on like where you're at in your day. I didn't learn anything about this team, man. They just told me everything I already knew. It validated everything I already knew. And that's football. That's football. <laughs> nice. So now we can go ahead and say first special guest, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Friend of the pod. Dan Campbell, how do you feel about playing the Falcons this week? Man, uh, I mean, that's that's football. That's football, that's, man. That's football, uh, brother. That's I you that's what you gotta love about Dan Campbell. He could just say whatever in the world and then just finish up with that. That's football, man. Right. And and it, and whatever he said is immediately correct. Of course. Because Dan said it. That's right. He's such he's a he's a great guy. Love Old him. Dan. Oh, awesome. Well, Dan, for real though, to to you, Dan, uh, right here. How was your weekend, man? Well, it was great till I saw you. Right? Yeah. We saw each <laughs> other in the wild. Out and, out, about, out and about, we saw and, each other. And this was not planned. No. Totally not planned at not all. Not at all. Yes. I looked up and I was like, what? Why? What? What is this? <laughs> what, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I had a restraining order. <laughs> That's why we do this thing virtually. Yeah. <laughs> Used to seeing yeah. you on a screen now. Exactly. And I just appeared in the flesh. No, we, uh, we saw each other at my high school alma mater was having homecoming this weekend and i had a friend in town whose dad was supposed to, as the former baseball coach of the uh high school i went to was being honored in the uh school's hall of fame legends and uh they were doing gonna do something on the field beforehand but i was informed that that was not happening because at the banquet dinner they were having there was a lot of speeches going on so uh Speech. That, that did not. A lot of people standing up saying, "I I got to say something. <laughs> yeah. I just need to let y'all know." But uh, were Jay, you were you at the banquet or you just heard about that? No, nah, I was told about that afterward. Uh, I just am envisioning in my head the uh, garden party from the office, where everyone's toasting to the next person. <laughs> just random toast for no reason. To Bob. Yeah, you know. <laughs> to Mark. To er- exactly. Oh my that's gosh. what I'm getting. That's what I'm seeing in my head, though. But yeah, I, I look up and and see you there, and uh, we, it was funny. We were playing your high school's alma mater. Yes, that was the fun turn of events. Was that on this homecoming weekend that your your crew, your like you said, your alma mater is playing mine. So that was exciting. It was I exciting. Wasn't, I wasn't too excited about the game, but you know I what? Was excited to be there. Excited you know to you know see what, Jake? some old friends. I wasn't either. You weren't. I wasn't either. Why? I don't. I don't know what those goobers were doing out there on the field, but that's not. That's not the football I went to high school with. That's. Well, they're playing it sure, on a, it. Sure played well. Sure, it might be a lot better, but <laughs> we're we we're supposed to play on a natural grass field and run the ball ninety times a game, run the wing tee down their throat. 
we're not supposed to be doing this AstroTurf air raid passing game. I don't understand, but I guess I guess my high school has no morals anymore, but that's fine. Well, morals are none. You guys uh, put it on my old high school. Yeah. Uh, 49-14. Quite did. Final. Hey, but through the first half, through the first half, things were pretty close. I think it was a closer game than people thought. Closer than the experts think. A lot closer than the experts think. You know, I mean, the local paper was writing this thing up to be a blowout. I think the spread was probably like negative, you know, minus 21 on your crew. And, um, I mean, they ended up covering, but... You know, there's a lot of action on on this Georgia high school football. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So it was yeah, hilarious, that. though. The uh, first sequence of the game, <laughs> basically the only two plays of the game I watched because I just went and chatted the rest of the time. But uh, <laughs> they throw a little screen, a little bubble screen, and the receiver from your old high school catches it, makes a turn up field, and then the ball just flies out of his hands for whatever reason, and then. Uh, uh, a defender gets it, runs into the end zone. The refs talk about it, and they said, "No, he didn't. He didn't make a quote unquote football move. Uh, incomplete pass. Very next play, tries to hit a guy over the middle. Pick six. <laughs> Sometimes the ball never lies. Yeah, ball don't lie. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, I mean, I, I thought I thought your crew played pretty well. I mean, mine was essentially. I, I thought there were some great athletes back there. Oh, for sure. Um, but essentially the offense, number 25, I don't know who what his name was. The offense was get the ball to him. Whether mm-hmm. and it may have been him that you're referencing here, like whether it was on a bubble screen, get him the ball. Like a crossing route, just get him the ball. That was essentially the name of the game. And yeah. it, I mean, hey, scored two touchdowns. So yeah. come on. Solid, solid kid. Uh I don't know who any of these kids are. Uh who's no who is number three? Number three could fly. On uh on my my, my old end. school. My oh, on yours? Um, yeah. I don't know. What position was he playing? I think he was a uh, athlete. He was a, uh, <laughs> I he saw was, him line up everywhere. This yeah. is riveting for the listeners. That it just right? It's like, holy cow, man, tell me more. <laughs> Goodness gracious, all these unnamed people in unnamed places. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't catch him. Now, the quarterback was really good. I heard, you know how things go around this area, but I heard that the quarterback coach – that is just working his magic over there with you guys. It was Stetson Bennett's previous coach. Well, there's a connection. A guy I went to high school with is Stetson Bennett's first cousin. So you guys are just covered in Stetson. Yeah. So that's that then. Yeah. Explains why he played like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the defense needs some work on yeah. you guys' in. Yeah. But we'll, I mean, we'll I guess as long as you up. can, as long as you can score more points than the other team, that's the name of the game. So. That was the first time in six years I had been to my high school to see a football game. It will probably be much longer than six years before I go back, but I will make sure they tighten up that defense. Yeah, you, you go talk to them. Yeah, I'll make sure they know. Get in their ear. That's right. <laughs> Man. Well, yeah, so that was fun. And yeah, that's that's the sports talk right there. That's what you came for. Some high school football review. That's right. All right. Well, Dan, go ahead. We know you're going to do it. I insist we talk about tennis because uh, everyone wants to also know about it. <laughs> Let's talk about more sports that no one cares about. My right. adult league tennis. Guys, did uh, you listen to the lunch hour this week? <laughs> they started talking about all these unnamed high school football teams, and then Dan talked about tennis, bro. <laughs> Dude, I was believe. hooked right away <laughs> from the get-go, brother. A you can write a script there. like this. 
No. You just because nobody would. No. Why, why would anyone? Say, why yeah. would anyone? Why would anyone write the script? <laughs> oh gosh, this is this is not this is Larry David over here. This is no there's no script. Ugh. There's no script. There's no script. And there's number two. There's. <laughs> Anyway, my adult league uh, tennis team uh, wait, had wait, an wait, exciting three-two win at at us in Spout Springs this weekend. Uh, my doubles partner and I lost the first set six-zero, came back and won the next two six-four six-three. It was riveting. So this is not even actual professional tennis that we're no. talking about. No, oh my this is my life. I'm gonna leave the podcast now. <laughs> I'm gonna end it. <laughs> But oh, hey, well, hey, I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you came out with a victory. Well, hey, I'm happy for you because both of our NFL teams are in the week two winner circle. How about that? Yes. I yeah. mean, I don't know if it says more about the Titans or Chargers. It definitely says, more about, it says Chargers. more about the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but hey, the Falcons, 2-0, and undefeated. I I don't I I'm I'm proceeding into this with caution, but are the Falcons slightly are for real? Are they good? Are they G O O D good? I think I think they're G O O D. I don't think they're G R E A T. But I do think they're G O O D. Hey, why not, man? Yeah. Why not? I'm ready. I'm I'm all in. I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> <by the Falcons. laughs> no doubt about it. But you know what? If they wear those uniforms that they were wearing on Sunday, ugh, those are just I, so good. I, I wasn't actually watching, um, even though they are the local one that's playing. What what uniforms are these? They were the uh, black uniforms with the block letters with the red helmets and the oh, old logo. Nice. It's just wear those every game, guys. What do What are we even thinking? You can't lose when you wear those. Not at all. Yeah. No matter where you're at, home, away. Did you see Jordan Love like on a fourth down, fourth and one, uh, trying to draw the defense offside? He walked up to the line of scrimmage and he literally tripped and it drew a false start. Did you see that? I did not see. Oh, that. he looked like. So a lot of people were saying he looked like he was drunk. I don't. He looked like when you like go down the stairs and you miss the last step a little bit. Uh that's no. a, <laughs> that's that's what it looked like to me. But anyway. Yeah, hey, a lead I mean, a lead was blown and a choke was a choke occurred and it wasn't the Falcons so that was nice. There you go, right? It's nice to be on the other end of that for once. It is, it is, yeah. man. Hey, Desmond Ritter, bit of a gamer. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, they had to they had to go and get and win it there. He can't throw the deep ball, but that's okay. I don't well, think no. we really need him to. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean. Just, um, I really want to not like him, but he's making it hard because he's very likable. I mean, what? But do you? Would you rather him not play? I mean, or I'd rather you, have Caleb you, Williams next year, but that's not going to happen. I know. I'd rather Falcon, have Drake May next year. That would be way too smart for the Falcons yeah, to tank for a good quarterback. Um, I think Ritter is really good everywhere except throwing an accurate deep ball. I think he's got everything over the middle nice. He's very risky, but there's an aspect that I kind of like. He moves well. He was making good decisions in the second half. There's aspects to him that I really like. I just, I'm, you know what? I'm going to reserve my Desmond Ritter take for the end of the season. I want to see how he progresses throughout a full year starting. And you're right to do that. Um, I, I like what I'm seeing, though. Yeah, well, and 
was talking with someone over maybe the past week or two, and you know they were making the point. I think sometimes we're just too quick to pull the plug on these new quarterbacks and just be like, oh, "Yep, are. they're no good, no yeah. good." We see like, three give games. Some time. Okay, uh, a little garbage time, a little garbage time early. I found myself in an argument this weekend with my uh, fiance's f- younger brother's friend, who's like fourteen. Oh no. <laughs> He's he's talking. We were watching the Falcons game. We're just all sitting in the living room on the floor, hanging out, playing board games, watching the Falcons. And then they cut to the Bears uh, Buccaneers game for a quick highlight. And someone said something about, oh, wow, look at the Buccaneers uh, with a lead. And I, and I just said, I don't know why people thought the Buccaneers were going to be so bad this year. And this this 14-year-old kid just goes, what are you talking about, dude? They have Baker Mayfield. And I found myself staunchly defending Baker Mayfield to a 14-year-old child. You weren't ready for that. I was not. But I was I was like, Baker's a good quarterback, dude. What? Everyone just gave up on him. And Baker is one of those that like had three really solid years of development, wins a playoff game, has an injury throughout the course of a year and then just everyone just is like okay yeah baker you you suck shut up baker like get out of here baker and i don't understand it baker mayfield's a good quarterback oh here we go baker mayfield can win games in the nfl i don't understand and this isn't just a baker mayfield thing this is a every quarterback now we just want to we see them maybe for a season and if and if they're they haven't won the super bowl it's just like no no. Yeah, that that's how you measure success, right? I'm just joking. Yeah, I'm being facetious. It's the only way. I mean, <laughs> there's Bears fans ready to quit on Justin Fields already. I don't understand. Oh, it's bad. It, people are really bad on him right now. What about the rest of his team? Yeah, also not great. It's. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen, I've seen, you know, Georgia fans in there that were like, I tried to tell you guys. Oh, that's my why, God. That's why Kirby didn't play him. No. You can't make the pre and the post snap reads, man. This is we've been trying to tell you, brother. Doesn't make his progressions. Yep, exactly. These guys, if I mean, if the scouts had listened to these fellows, could have saved them a lot of money. I guess a lot so. of time. Yeah, because Justin Fields is definitely the reason that the Bears are zero two right now. Well, of course, Dan. <laughs> but yeah, I'm otherwise, with you. then your your non-existent media credentials are revoked. That's right. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't jump on this train of let's let's make this call on this quarterback within the three year window. I think you need at least three years before right. you can really if you draft a first rounder, you need to commit to that guy for three years. Yeah. And I mean the NFL is a different game. Yes. Like it just is. So, you know. Turns he, out playing right. quarterback he's, is hard. Right. At the highest level. Yeah. In 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 the professional league. Like, yeah, it, it can be tough sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, that, that argument with that kid was bad. It's all right, dude. How many 14 oh. year olds do you think I could beat up? Like a pack of them? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like how many before they be? There's too many. Is this like a, would you rather fight 100 ducks or one 100 foot duck type thing? No, this is, this is like the analytics of how, yeah. how many 14 year olds are too many for me. Uh, like what? What's the AWS stat cast of at seven? He would be able to just take him down, but eight, mm, 
they would they would just have enough inertia to pull him down and, and do some damage. Oh man, um, I, I did I didn't prepare for this um, for this question. Um, yikes! Well, it's okay. We can move on. Think about it. I want I want an answer next week. Want an answer next week? Yeah. All right. Let me yeah. let me write this down here. Um, <laughs> All right. So uh, college football <laughs> this week. I'm gonna set the over under at, at ten for now. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> oh wow all right but yeah you're uh you're right going in there man college football um so the twist here we're, we're not we're gonna do maybe the whole whole review uh this is no stats allowed vibes only no stats no none. stats leave none them at, at the all. door don't even don't even bring them in we're not letting them in we're gonna kick you out if we see Get you holding bounce. a stat yeah. it's like the movie theater we're, we're checking no no candy from the outside. Mm-mm. You're you're only taking what we got here. That's right. Yeah, but um, in terms of the overall vibe, um, there's some bad teams. Well, some bad teams and some good teams that are just dragging their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was kind of a. I don't know. I don't want to. I'm going to say it's kind of an ugly showing. It was. Past week. It like was just sloppy football, and I know. At least, you know, our area and around just, you know, the region was kind of like dreary and rainy and all this stuff, but still just just sloppy, sloppy football. That's my kind of takeaway from the week. Alabama, of course. So with, bad. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee getting upset by Florida. And then, I mean, uh, we can get to Colorado and Colorado State. Um, of course, there are some other factors at play there, but... Yeah, dude, just some teams that should have taken care of business that either did but just didn't look great doing it or yeah. took their foot off the gas or some that just didn't get it done. Yeah, you got to win your clunkers, and some some did, most did, some did not. Tennessee played a bad game, and they lost. Yeah, let's just um, go ahead and, and, and take a quick look there. I mean, and I know there will be the Tennessee fans that get on the refs, and I'm not going to say that they were – that they, they be did their best job in a couple of areas, yeah. a couple of calls. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. There were some bad calls made, um, some things that were that were adversely impacting the Tennessee Volunteers. I, w- yeah. I will say that, and that they could have done a better job. But when you lose the game twenty nine to sixteen, there are other opportunities in that game that you have to go out and to win it. Yeah. And you can't just pin it on the refs. And the run defense I've, stunk. Yeah. Like just Awful. could not stop them. Could not stop them. I, it, it's no stats allowed. So I'm not going to bring up the number, but Trevor Etienne ran for a lot of yards. A lot. A lot. And Travis and, Etienne had a lot of tweets about it. Well, of course, man. Yeah. Why Shout wouldn't he? I mean, the Tennessee run defense was so awful last year. It was in the bottom half of every SEC table. And then they have a bunch of graduates leave the line, and it, it looks even worse as we expected. And and honestly, that when it came down to it, that and Joe Milton not being able to make consistent throws lost him that football game. Yeah, the whole I don't lose in Florida thing and to not age too well. Um, that was bold bold move there, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I need to go back and look at his career, but I'm like, how many times have you played? And I, I know, like, you know, I'm talking like in, in college. I feel like a lot of it was based on the Orange Bowl. 
Yeah, last I think, year, I think like, that's the only game he's played in Florida. Yeah, I'm like, you got to give yourself a bigger sample size before you make those kind of claims. You got to be at least three and zero before and, you and can go Saints throwing oranges. I remember how excited everybody was over how far he threw an orange. That that squirrel white and one other thing are the only three things I remember from that stupid Orange Bowl game. The other one was I was in I was at a wedding in Charleston. And uh, we went out to a restaurant, and there was these there was these Tennessee fans that were at the bar, and there was a TV over me and my fiance, uh, at that time her girlfriend, and they had access from their phone to like screencasting on the TV, and they kept playing this old rendition of Rocky Top like right in front of us, and then we go back to the hotel room, and my fiance is like rolled over, like not watching this game at all, and I'm watching this on a hotel TV. And that was, you know, Cade Klubnik's first start. And every once in a while, she would just roll over. I had been talking about him all day, too. I'm like, Cade Klubnik's making his first start. This is a big deal. She would roll over and go, how's Kaplunk doing? <laughs> how's Kaplunk doing? Oh, a, he's going to have to work off that nickname. Yeah. Because right now he is a little Kaplunk. He's a little, hey, I, last week I'm was good. Last yeah, week was good. And I don't, I don't know how much of it's his fault all the time. Um, But yeah. With, Some. Yes. Some. Yeah. It's okay. It's all good. Kaplunk. But uh, um, <laughs> talk about Kaplunk, Alabama. Yeah. Well, in the last note on Tennessee, Florida, is you can't really get so mad about it when your Tennessee, your offense is supposed to be your thing. They score a touchdown in the first quarter, get blanked in the second quarter, field goal in the third quarter, and I think uh, um, I know it's six six points. I'm honestly blanking on whether that was two field goals or a touchdown um, in the fourth quarter. So yeah. you can't really try and I understand, but you can't really try and pin it all that way. That's right. When box score, not a stat. So good yeah, job there. That's allowed. Exactly. Uh, it was Josh a Heupel, My apologies. Josh Heupel, total loser move, calling that timeout at the end of the game. That was. I mean, loser. that was ur- that was that was an Urban Meyer move, man. Oh, <laughs> like that's not, that's an that's what Urban Meyer does. Be better. Wow. Be better. Dang. Yikes. It is though. I, it I is. remember that. I remember it, it happening. Like that's what he did. It is. Is that is that who you want to identify yourself as or with? In the graveyard of Urban Meyer, he he resurrected Urban Meyer's actions. He um, did. Um, but no, go ahead. Move, move along. I know you were you were talking about the tide there and uh, yeah i brought up last week saban might open up this uh quarterback competition and and he just he opened the floodgates out of it i mean benches milro milro doesn't touch the field tyler buckner plays and he and i know the weather was bad and usf's better than people think they are but like oh my gosh tyler buckner looked awful and then they throw in ty simpson and ty simpson doesn't look much better and Apparently they're going back to Milrow now. Uh, they they're able to pull out a seventeen to three win, but this was a three three game in the fourth quarter. Alabama, That's not great. Alabama three, South Florida three. Fourth quarter, just just. Think well, about I think that. that was I think that was at halftime. No stats. <laughs> <laughs> the vibes now were I, saying. Now, I, now the, I can't call you. The on vibes. Your, on incorrect info now. The vibes were saying 3-3 in the fourth quarter. It might have been 10-3, but the vibes said it was 3-3. Anyway. All right. Uh, go with your – yeah. Okay, we'll sure. It was a one-possession game. Very late. Go. Very late in that football game. 
And uh, so Dylan Lonergan was Dylan Lonergan was a folk hero for some in the Bama spring game. And it's been a joke that if none of these guys work out, Dylan Lonergan's going to come in and save the day. I don't think that's so much a joke anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just let it, let it try something. Do you think we see famed four stringer Dylan Lonergan come into any game for Bama this season? Cause it's starting to feel that way. Or should they just run the triple option with Milrow? (laughs) I think that's a great idea, actually. Oh, dude. I think they just should just call Paul Johnson and just like Oh my gosh. Do it without Paul Johnson. <laughs> do it just don't do it with Paul Johnson, please. Oh my goodness. I'm not gonna say it's out of the question. Uh hang on, time out. Is there hate? Is there hate from for Paul Johnson from Georgia? He's just kind of annoying. I mean Okay, you know, that's fair. That's fair. He's kind I always of a, kinda like Paul. I don't know. I mean, if I wasn't a George fan, I may have, yeah. but I don't. I mean, he's I, the perfect representation of a yellow jacket for me just kind of annoying like yeah he's just he only speaks yeah he only speaks once every two years but he's just gonna say something kind of inflammatory i I don't know i mean we're rivals with them technically too not to the degree y'all are but i I always kind of like paul johnson well it was annoying too that you would always go into that game and have such a risk of injury because of the stupid chop Chop blocks and And it was the last game of the year we're trying to get ready to go win the sec and it's like well we got a whole home we'll play georgia tech now watch for your knees (laughs) and just i mean just frustrating nick chubb will tell you about that okay too too soon sorry much too soon sorry can you rank uh nick chubb knee injuries for me (laughs) i mean for me I don't want to entertain this conversation. That was, look. That's off base. That was bad. That was bad. Nick Nick Chubb, one of my my favorite players, not even a Georgia fan, one of my favorite players in the league. He didn't deserve that. That was awful. It's like he continues to reach the pinnacle as like the best running back. Like he was the best running back in college. The best running back in the NFL. I'll say it. Yeah, no, no, that's what I was going to say. And then it's that that injury in college. And then now he's best running back in the NFL. Not no fault of his own. Here comes this one. I just, I hate it, man. It makes me sick. Just, and of course I say this, like I know the guy, but you know, everything that you hear and you see is just like, he's such a good dude. Yes. And you just, you just hate that. And as much of a workhorse tough guy, he is, like it legitimately broke my heart when some, one of his teammates tried to help him up yesterday and he was just shaking his head no. I was like, oh. It was bad, man. And then that injury, ugh. it was bad. Like, if, yeah, I mean, I know they didn't show it. There was videos circulating of it, but it was really rough. Um, I saw it because I'm a sicko. I saw it too. Yeah. Um, but, and you hate it because, like, when that injury happened in college, many people were like, he's not playing football again. Like he's not going to come back from this. There's no way. And like, not only did he come back from it, he went on, got drafted, and like we said, just you know, took the NFL by storm. And then now here it is again. I just hate it. It's just one of those things that you hate to see. It's bad for football. But sorry to get us off base there. Give us a Dan Campbell. That's football. Man, that's that's football, man. And it's uh, it's a shame. There you go. But, uh, that's, a good enough, that's a good enough segue. He's a good man. He's a good man, man. He's a... Thanks, thanks, uh, Coach Campbell. We're not. We're um, not going to bite. We're not going to bite his kneecaps. 
I'm glad to hear that. Not gonna do it, man. That's not that's, that's not us. That's not it's what not, we that's not what we stand for. It's not the Detroit way. That's right. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Nick it's Chubb. <laughs> it's, yeah. Poor, you really just add an insult to injury here. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even mean to do that one. Get better. Get better, Nick Chubb. Oh, I hope you we, come back before Aaron Rodgers because he's talking nonsense. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Probably on a darkness retreat right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we also had some other contenders that just were dragging their feet at one point or another. Was not trying to hedge, but was serious when I was saying I didn't really want to talk about the South Carolina game a couple weeks ago because um, it was not pretty at all. Sure enough, I mean, you know, kind of second half dogs came out and ended up taking care of business in the end. And I mean, shut it down. They blanked him in the second half, but it just was not a good showing there early on. Um, I foolishly was volunteer at a local sort of community fall festival thing for our church and missed the whole first half. So I only really got to witness the what you would say are the quote unquote good parts. Um, but it was not, it was not great. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about it. I've been uh, just seeing this slow start. I've been taking, I've been seeing this slow start and I'm not willing to say that like, we're just, we're just done this year. It's just not going to be the year, but we got, we got to figure some stuff out big time. Um, but yeah, you go ahead, Dan. I think, look, I'll t- outside looking in, I think some things were figured out. I think I think that was the first time Georgia was playing an opponent of that cat, like the Power Five, high level D one. And I know it's South Carolina, and they're not ranked, and now they have a losing record. But first time they're playing a team with like dude dudes on the other side of the ball, and they climbed out of a hole. They answered in the second half, and and they hit on all cylinders when they came out of the locker room. I think some some uh, some manhood was questioned in the locker room and uh they responded well uh i, I can think only Jordan, imagine I think, what kirby said i can oh, only imagine yeah I, I wish i could find that um i think george is fine I, this was just the first this was their ramp up get right game and who do they play next uh uab <laughs> okay yeah this is, george is fine george is fine <laughs> yeah well and my hope is you know there was the missouri game last year that I mean, you could say, you know, did or didn't like set us on the right track, but we, we had that close call and I'm just hoping this is it. And we kind of realized what's at stake, figured some things out and we grow a little bit of result of it. I mean, the team, I'm not the guy that's like, oh, we got injuries, but like we got a lot of injuries right now. Yeah. All I know is I just, I just need to carry in Joyner to lose his eligibility. And yeah, dude, just, just go he, away. He follows us around. I'm not saying that he was like the boogeyman in this game, but he certainly put points on the board and I just need him to just sign that, you know, whatever. He's not going to get drafted probably, but no, he's not an undrafted free agent somewhere so that he can get out of the SEC and we don't have to play him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that, uh, was not too great. Florida state, which had it like, and we're all good. Yeah. And then just the fourth quarter decided that they were they were done playing. This is I mean. this is the only look as an as the ACC aficionado and I hate that moniker. <laughs> but as the ACC aficionado, 
That was the bandana game. That was the red bandana game for Boston College. They always do that. Boston College always does that. doesn't matter who they're playing. They could be playing the 85 Bears, and they would lose by three. That's that's what Boston College does. Well, so, thank you for the context. I really don't think there's any concern for Florida State. It was a clunker. They were playing a team that really wanted to win at home, and it happens. It happens. Uh, but I think Florida State's fine. And, uh, yeah, Dan, let's let's go ahead and talk about it. It was... Were you up at 2 a.m. watching this, too? So, I started... I wasn't. <laughs> well, so I started watching it. Had a pretty long day Saturday. Fell asleep. Woke up and realized... I think, I think it was in the fourth quarter. And, you know, they're down. And I was just like, oh, like, you know, how did, how did we get here? So, I proceeded to watch the comeback... Um, and sort of was in and out during overtime. So I did not watch it in its entirety, but I was aware of what was happening in some, in some way, <laughs> put it that way. Um, yeah, man. So this game was closer than I think a lot of folks thought it was going to be. Um, it's no stats and I don't even know it anyways. I'm not sure what the line was coming into this game. I feel like it was 24. really high. It was 24. 24. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know why I know that, but sorry. Well, you shouldn't know stats, but you did it anyways. Sorry, <laughs> it's all right. I tried to correct you. That's not a stat. That's a lot. That's a well. So our points scored in the game, but yet that was a problem when I brought it up, Dan. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyways. So okay, I think yeah, this... it was um yeah, it was it was a lot closer game than we expected, and I mean it was exciting for those awake to watch it. Yeah, no, not me. Uh, I went to bed. I was tired. Um, but I think this came down to there was so much attention this week on Colorado, and everyone was there. Everyone picked this weekend as vibes are still high. They're about to play Oregon and USC. Vibes are probably not going to be high in a few weeks. Let's go pay our respects now. And, I mean, The Rock was there. The Rock was there, man. Yeah, Offset was there, and... Mama can showed I, up. Can I talk about broadcasters for a second? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, so up until about age 17, I thought I was going to be a sports broadcaster. You can I thought still do that, it. I thought that was my career path for life. And uh, I did some independent studying on what makes broadcasters good and what makes broadcasters bad. Um, I had some heroes. Uh, Chris Fowler. I, wanted, I basically wanted Chris Fowler's life. I think that, that's a cool life. Someone's um, got to do the got to do the tennis gig when he gets it up. That's right. Yeah. Um, Mark Jones is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> he is so bad. He's. <laughs> there was a moment where two penalties were called on each team, and Mark Jones says, "So those penalties will offset," and then the camera goes to offset on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> And I know the truck the truck was involved in this in this moment, but Mark Jones definitely radioed in and was like, Hey guys, I got a great idea. Like Oh, I love that actually. He's he's so bad. He's so bad. <laughs> oh, but yeah, man. Everybody everybody was here. Uh it was a big game. You know, they still rushed the field afterwards there. Good for them. Um hey, I mean it was we seen Colorado do their thing. They're just continuing to show that they're a good football team, and they can come back and win a game if they have to. You did know you I mean? see? Did you see Dion bring his mom into the locker room? Yeah, that's what I said. Dion's mama was there. Oh, okay. My bad. I missed you. I yeah, missed that. 
No, I was about to. I was about to heap garbage on uh, Mark Jones. So I was. Oh. I was probably my mind was over there. Smart man, you were fired up. But like everyone was talking about this game. Like Vivica A. Fox tweeted about this game <laughs> of Celebrity Apprentice fame. Like this is just like there was so much attention, and I think the attention got to this team a little bit, and that's why they kind of came out sluggish. They were definitely the better team, but they didn't play like the better team most of the night. But Kudos to them for finding the will to dig out of that hole late in that game and, and get that win. Yeah. That says hey, a lot that about drive, that drive. Like the, I mean, the game could have been over. Yes, I should mean, have that, been. Yeah, that that drive to go down and score and send this thing to overtime, like that, that's tough to do. Oh yeah, it's not just like you dink and dunk your way into that one. I mean, that was that was serious, uh, serious time management getting down the field and, and scoring there. Um, of course, we'd be remiss to not recognize the impact that losing Travis Hunter was in this game and will be over the next few weeks. So what is his injury? Do we know? I don't want to speak on it and be wrong. I Something on Twitter at one point said it was like a lacerated liver. Ooh. And I maybe that is it. Um, hold on. That would I'm going be to. Yeah, no. Um, the hit lacerated his liver. Um, you think that kid should have been thrown out of the game for that hit? It's, I don't know, man. It there is so much. It, it the lens is so different now with Coach Prime, with Travis Hunter, and all of these things. Like if that hit happens in any other football game, you're like okay, like that is that is probably you know personal foul, unnecessary roughness. But because of this particular situation it's like to the next level i mean to the point that that kid's getting death threats death threats yeah he like, shouldn't be getting ridiculous. death threats that's yeah, ridiculous that's ridiculous but um i mean it I, I see it both ways i mean it's it's a football play and this is a rivalry game like i say this is a georgia who saw george pickens grab a george tech fan and hurl him into a brick wall. That was sick. Like, that was sick. It was sick. But, <laughs> you know, this is a rivalry game and worse things have happened and emotions are high and they've been talking at each other all week. Um, you know, I don't think that there was, I don't think it, he was going out there like, I'm about to end this man. You know, it's no. just, it, he. it's, it's higher emotion and the hit was aggressive. He, you know, I feel like if he had it back, he definitely wouldn't have done it. But I don't think that he was coming out here with malicious intent, just trying to, you know, end his season or anything like that. I mean, it was it was an aggressive hit. It shouldn't have gone down that way. But um, you know, it, this is a rivalry game, and this is this is come on, Dan Campbell, it's football, man. It's football, man, and uh, you got to play. You got to play with passion, man, and that's what we do here. That's what we do. That's the that's grit. That's toughness. That's how we play, man. So Dan Campbell endorses this this style. Yeah, of Dan Dan Campbell told him to go do that. Oh, Sweep the leg, Johnny. Um, <laughs> he, no. <laughs> so I don't. For a moment, I was like, he should have been thrown out of the game. But then, because I was thinking, like, well, what's the difference between that and targeting? Well, targeting is not really to protect the ball carrier targeting is to protect the tackler 
So that's why sometimes you see somebody get thrown out of the game for not hitting someone head to head. Sometimes they'll hit someone square in the chest, but they use the crown of their helmet and they still get thrown out of the game. That's what targeting's for. This is, they gave him the personal foul on the 15-yard penalty, so I think that's there. Also, that's such a tricky play when you've got a receiver running down the sideline and a safety coming from inside the field because he's committing to that play before mm-hmm. the ball gets to gets to Travis Hunter's hands. I'm just going to ask the, the folks out there, if Travis Hunter catches that ball and then the hit is applied, do we feel different about it? That's a good point. Because he's committing to that hit before the ball ever gets there. So yeah. I don't know. That's such a hard that's such a hard play right there to make a call on. But yeah, he shouldn't be getting death threats. Who whoever decides whether or not he should get thrown out of the game, they get they get paid more than me to make that decision. So I'm gonna leave it up to them. And uh I don't know. I that was that was just an interesting moment that captured the weekend as well. So I know that situations are different because of there was some emotion in this game, but I think about like Minka Fitzpatrick with this Nick Chubb injury. There are some people out there who are like, Oh, Minka's a dirty player. He went after Chubb's knee. He was trying to do this. And you know, that um, they were even saying on, I think ESPN, like, you know, that he's, he's going to tackle him. Like he, it's supposed to hit him low. Like he's, yeah, he's they, not saying I'm about ready to go and destroy Nick Chubb's knee. Like he's going to tackle him. They moved he, the strike zone for football players. They said, you can no longer hit here to here. You have to hit, they moved it. They said, you have yeah. to hit low to the, to the chest. You can't go up top anymore. And I think if you ask a lot of players where they wanted to get hit, um, about the area where Nick Chubb got hit is the last place he wants to get hit, even mm-hmm. including the head. And uh, Minka was just doing what he, he was just trying to get in and make a play. I, I, yeah, and on that same note, it's like Minka is smaller than Nick Chubb. Like he's yeah. got to hit him low Why, to get him down. How do you think it would go if Nick, if Minka Fitzpatrick went for Nick Chubb's like shoulder? <laughs> that's it not going to end Yeah, well. you're, not, you're not doing it. So, And I know that's completely unrelated to this topic in, in this game. Get better, Nick. Um, yeah, but... Gosh. Keep trying to move past it, and you're just throwing it in my I'm face. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man, it's okay. But yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know about ejection. I mean, I think that they threw the penalty flag. I think that was appropriate. So one of two things is about to happen. The hype train on Colorado is about to come to a screeching, not a halt, but it's going to slow down. It's going to lose some gas. It's going to lose some gas. I think we hit the pinnacle early Sunday morning on the East Coast when that when that game wrapped up. Or Colorado is going to go beat Oregon and it's just going to get magnified <laughs> by yeah way more than we even think it is. And fuel the fire. Yeah. So, but good for Colorado. Good win. Way to get to 3-0. Yeah, man. Hey, they're... Undefeated. Some yeah. people may not have even given them the chance to win this many games already for the whole season. Yeah. Not saying that was us, but some people. Um, I'm not saying that facetiously. Some people. I don't, I don't think we said that they were only going to win three games. I had them but. winning four. So there we go. See, we're in the clear. Yeah. All right. Very well, uh, whew, there was a lot in uh, in our recap here, Dan, but it, it's time to flip a coin. I'll take heads. You can take heads. Playing with my head. All right, I'm gonna leave you know leave mine alone this week and use your head. I'll, I'll get I'll get tails back. So, all right, flipping it here. 
<laughs> it is tails. Finally, about oh, time. Gosh, I was thinking you rigged this thing here. About time, man. Yeah. Um, I enjoy having the the power and authority to choose, but I'm going to defer. I'm okay. going to let you take it. We're going to talk some basketball. We haven't talked basketball yet on here. And for more than one reason. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Mainly, it's not basketball mainly, season. It's out of, yeah, it's out of season. So. It's very much out of season. And I would say of the main sports we follow, it's the definitely the one you follow the least. I definitely don't follow I don't follow NBA very closely at all. I don't know if they follow it the least because I don't consider myself as following it in any regard. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know. You get it you get in on college basketball a little bit. For one month. For one month. But I do love it in that month. Yeah. It's hard not to. So the NBA, this is what I want. This is what I want to talk about this week. The well, NBA, it's your, it's your coin toss. You are in doubt. You that's right. Your right is to speak as you wish. The NBA is implementing a new PPP player participation policy. <laughs> it is laughable. Is this what I think it is? What do you What do you think this is? Sounds like to me, if you're a professional basketball player in the NBA and you're signed to a contract with a team, you're going to have to, newsflash, play basketball for the team. What? What? Wait. Why would you think that? <laughs> well, <laughs> why? There's the common sense factor in my brain. But pl- the um, players have the power, Jake. And the, the fact that you signed a contract. No, no, no. Players have and, the power. Um, the fact that I can't go to my employer and be like, Nope, just not. Nope, not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. But that's why the NBA is different, dude. Because the players have the power, dude. That's why it's, it's, it's not like these other other sports where star players play like that. Why? Why would you do that? Like, anyway. It's uh, so <laughs> is this, this policy, is, it, is that correct? That is correct. Uh, oh this policy gosh. focuses on star players, and I can't believe they're calling them star players which the NBA defines as, quote, any player who in any of the prior three seasons was selected to an all-NBA team or an NBA all-star team. This definition also applies to following a given season's all-star game to any player who is named an all-star during that season, so within that season. So, for example, this means that Pacers guard Tyrese Halliburton is considered a star by the NBA. That means it will be governed as this. Unless a player is out for approved reasons, injury, personal reasons, back-to-backs, depending on a player's age, and a few more factors that their the NBA is not going to list on the sheet for some reason, uh, then their team must follow a few guidelines. The teams have to now manage their roster to ensure that no more than one quote-unquote star player that fits that criteria that we talked about earlier is missing the same game. The star players have to be available for all national television and NBA in-season tournament games. They're really leaning into this in-season tournament thing. Uh, Maintain a balance between the number of one-game absences for a star player in home and road games. Refrain from any long-term shutdowns, quote-unquote, in which a player stops playing for multiple games. And if resting a healthy player, ensure that the player is present at the games and visible to fans. (laughs) And visible to fans. So, hey guys, you got to play or you got to show up. I've got a question, Dan. Go ahead. As as a, as already mentioned, if you've signed a contract to play for a team, the assumption is that you would then what? You would you would play 
the sport that you would play that sport. Yeah. And in my For mind, a reasonable amount of games. Yeah. And in my mind, if you were not playing for the team that you're contracted to play for, in some sense, you would be in breach of contract. Yes. Is that, is that wrong to say? That is very correct. Okay. So it sounds like to me, the players have already violated the agreement to play for the team. So what now says that they will not go out and violate the policy that says they must uphold the agreement? Because clearly this whole you're contractually obligated thing is not of concern. This you're about to see, and look, I don't take this lightly, but you're about to see mental health uh, absence galore in the NBA. And look, I understand that that's very serious, but I also very much understand that people take advantage of that. And you're about to see a lot of people take advantage of that. And this is, this is anybody who wants to tell me, look, once you get past like the first round of the playoffs, the NBA is awesome. The NBA is about as good as sports get. That is, sports do not sport as much sport as the last three rounds of the NBA playoffs do. It's amazing. But even though it takes like two calendar years to two get through calendar, it. Yeah, it takes a ridiculous amount of time to get there. And when you pull crap like this, when you have to make rules that, hey, when we pay you to play, it means you have to play. Like, why should anyone care about your league? This is ridiculous. Like, where has the NBA? Yeah, because like the players don't care. Clearly, like I don't play. I don't, I don't care. I NBA fans, and I'm doing air quotes when I say that, care less about how they care less. <laughs> this is gonna be bad. They care less about what, how many points somebody got in a game. They care more about well, like uh, which Kardashians DMs did they slide into? Like oh, that's my this is where we're at with the NBA and the fact that look. There's a lot of things I love about the NBA, but it keeps getting worse. This is a step in the right direction, but it's so horrible that it has this step has to be made at all. This right, is like, ridiculous. It is a step in the right direction, but the fact that it is necessary is we shouldn't have to say this. Also a problem. Yeah. This shit. This is unspoken. This is like day one common sense. <laughs> Look, I love basketball. I love college basketball. And call me a boomer, but I find college basketball way more entertaining than the NBA. Just eons better. Okay, for boomer. So many reasons. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. I'll I'll take that. What does the NBA have to do from here to get somebody like me more into the sport? But alongside that question, somebody like you into the sport. Like, how do they, how does, people are talking about the MLB is a dying sport or whatever. I don't know why they're saying that. And the MLB is making strides to change some rules and get some, get some young fans into it. Get some people who aren't accustomed to watching this sport, watching games throughout the season. How does the NBA do that? Because I see somebody who doesn't love baseball watching, more apt to watching baseball now than somebody like you. I don't see how the NBA gets somebody like you. I'm I'm trying to think in my mind, like if I heard X, Y, Z was happening, like oh, I'd be willing to tune into a game. Um, I mean, for me personally, I used to watch a little NBA, but w about, you know, when I got out of high school and I had, you know, less time and had more responsibilities, uh, that kind of turned into, I might turn on a West Coast game 
on a lazy Friday night after a night out coming in. And I like, I don't want to go to bed, but I don't want to do anything productive. That's about all the regular season NBA that I watch. And I'll watch the playoffs and that's it. But you're not getting me any more than that. I don't know, man. It's tough. I don't know how you enforce this or create this change in the game, but like just my one thing for me that is just not drawing me to the NBA is I just feel like the players don't care. And maybe it's they don't. Maybe it's because we're having this discussion right now, but like like defense, like there's just no defense. Like they just don't care. It's like we're just going to go out here and score more. And now that is exciting. So I understand that being an appeal part to the game, but like it just feels like nobody cares. No. I mean, I just don't get that sense of it. Um, I don't know, man. It, that's a great question. Um, and I'd love, I'm trying to just brainstorm and think like what would entice me to watch NBA games. But like that, that's one thing about baseball, man, is like when it, it could be, I mean, they play 162 games. They play double. Like, they play double the games that the NBA plays. Yeah, and but like we watch. We do. And one thing that always keeps me coming back is there, like, there's, there's personality to the game. There's excitement in the game. You can tell that even though they play 162 games, like these guys care and they want to win. Well, I don't know. I went to the Braves game last night and it very much seemed like that team right now in this specific moment in time does not care and does not want to win. <laughs> but okay, that's but it. like, tell me what though. I mean, on last, um, God, if you're te- I feel terrible here now. Um, Wednesday night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they last, cared. Yeah, Wednesday night, like that. I mean, yeah, there was. There's been a weird. It's definitely been a bit of a taper for the past few games. But like that, man. Like man, those guys care, and it means something. It does. And you know, they're they're in it with each other. And like I know, it sounds just like coach speak or just default, you know, player response. But it's like they go out there and they play for each other, and they love the game, and they're happy to be playing it. They care, and man. They care. They, and that's just baseball. They play hard, and that's baseball. That's how that's how we play baseball here with grit and toughness and grit. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, man, you know, like, and I'm not to say grit you know, is I'm blood. Not... <laughs> man. Oh my god. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and it's not to say there's got to be, you know, just so like uptight, like some people think baseball can be like I'm biased, but I love like what Ronald Acuna does out there. Oh, yeah. Like, it can be fun. It can be a little flashy and it'll bother some people, but that's even better. And I don't know, man. It's just I, it just feels like they don't care. That's it. It's just I don't know. Don't. I, I'm seeing consistent 40 to 50,000 seat stadiums being filled during the regular season in the MLB. And I'm seeing. I'm seeing 20,000 seat arenas in the NBA being dead empty consistently throughout the. Okay, here's what gets me about this load management crap. The Pistons and the Knicks were playing tackle football on hardwood (laughs) 20 and 30 years ago, and everybody that played them and on that team played every game. You want to know what would get me to watch basketball again? That would get me to watch basketball. Again. Bill Lambeer just punching guys. I was guys. about to say, Bill Lambeer, you put him back out there, I'm watching. Kurt Rambis just like. Give me another Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas. I'll watch it. We like to see, we not only like to see good technical sports being played, but we like to see people like struggle a little bit and try hard. And that's why I love college basketball so much because you see teams trying to decipher what this 
what this defense is doing to their offense, and, and you like to see them kind of play that cat and mouse game, and you like to see somebody go for a rebound, and you like to see guys run up and down the court quickly. And in the NBA, it's just some of the best players on that team uh, passing twice and getting putting up a three, and one times out of six it goes in. And it, I don't know. The NBA is not in a good place, and this was the first time. This was a cry for help. <laughs> this is... This is absolutely yeah. crying for help. Um, yeah, in terms of what would get me to watch basketball, a player participation policy is not part of it. It's not yeah. on that list. This is not. Um, this is a way different side note. But why do we do playoff series in the NBA? Like where they play, you know, the best of seven. Yeah, why? Yeah, why not just play one game? Less is more. Know. Less is more. I get why we do it in yeah. baseball because of the starting pitching matchups and everything, but like NBA, I don't yeah. know. Just just go play. I don't really know. It sure would, you know, eliminate one of those playoff years. <sighs> you know, like yeah. two rounds of playoffs. You could sink you could put that thing down into one season finally if you'd do that. Uh anyway, here is my very spiteful five second preview of the NBA. Uh the Nuggets are gonna be good again. The Lakers are gonna stink. Um I think the Sixers are gonna fall into flames the celtics are going to be really good and the hawks are going to be awful there you go yeah. i tell you what i would love to be assigned an nba team next year to try and help me go through that have you heard about this team called the atlanta hawks <laughs> you should not follow them yeah no um i mean i i want them to always do well like when it's like the hawks are doing great i'm like woo, that's awesome um oh i got into it when fun. They made the Eastern Conference Finals a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, a couple was, years ago. I was well into it. That was fun. That was fun. But that's about the most fun I've had with the NBA in sure. quite some time. Sorry, man. Um, we got some time, and they got some time. Yeah, Figure it out. We'll see how this in-season tournament goes. I, th- I wish they would just go play it at like in, in that Maui gym. <laughs> That'd be great. Like That's basketball. That's it right there. They should just go play it on the movie set of Hoosiers. Now that that would be good. Kind of like how that. baseball does the Field of Dreams game. Yeah, the Hoosier game. That would be cool. Was this not your idea? Was it my idea? The in-season tourney? Oh, I've been I've been saying the in-season tourney should happen for a while. Yeah, I was like I'm pretty sure this was this was a But I don't like the way they're executing this. Oh, it wasn't up to your standards. Yeah, I think it should be like a guaranteed playoff spot if you win it and like uh some other things. I also don't think it should be like at the very they say mid-season tournament. It's in the very beginning of the season. Like we should be having this thing in like February. Yeah. Like the week after the Super Bowl. Fill that gap. Yeah, the that's the NBA calendar. for you here, man. Yeah. And they should have it at, like, not an NBA arena. They should have it in, like, a high school gym. Of course. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's it. I'm tired of I'm tired of sounding like such an old man. But that's what, that's what the NBA has done to us. They're it like, has. you're either cool and you like bad sports being played, or you're a boomer who wants more out of their – I don't know. Go ahead. Go fl- Coin flipped. Go ahead. All right, cool. All right, man. Um, yeah, so the reason I also kind of wanted to kick it to you is because it's going to come back to me for uh, college football week four preview. Stats and are I, allowed now. It, it, stats are allowed. I don't know that I really am just packing heat when it comes to the stats on these. That's fine. Um, 
and it may be for the best because we're gonna have to get a get a move on here because holy cow so many games dan when we talk about college football and we talk about the beauty of it and why we love the sport this saturday is just what is the word um no that's the wrong thing for some reason schadenfreude was in my head but that's when something unfortunate (laughs) happens it's not schadenfreude um but this is just like bliss i mean if you're able you can literally just sit yourself down start watching don't not noon you can put game day on and just get your day started and spend the whole day watching good football here's what you do here's what you do tell us what tell us happening dan you're going to get up at 8 a.m. I know that's hard on a Saturday, but you get up at 8 a.m. You do every errand you have to do within 45 minutes. Any chore around the house, anything. 45 minutes tops. That's all you 45 got. minutes tops. That's all you get. Then you go, while you're doing that, you're brewing a pot of coffee. You pour your coffee by 9 a.m., and then you sit your butt on the TV, and that butt is not moving until midnight. Except for bathroom breaks. Hopefully. Bathroom breaks, yeah. You go go make food throughout the day. Make sure you're staying nourished. Anyway, you're going to turn it on to game day, and you're going to flip back and forth between that and EPL coverage. Oh. Get a little soccer action in there. You need to warm up your eyes. See a ball rolling on the field. Just just get your eyes to warm up for the day of sports it's about to take. This is like your your warm-up. You know, the, you yeah, yeah. Then you watch the game day selections. You watch that noon slate, but here's what you do. About 2.30, go take a walk, give your eyes a rest, come back, catch the end of those games, 3.30, rinse and repeat. About 6 o'clock, eat dinner, go walk it off, walk the dog, take the trash out, come back in, and then that's the home stretch. Like 7 p.m. to midnight, that's the home stretch. This is, this is, what, this is what college football fans are made for this Saturday. Right, like... We've had, we're coming into week four. We've had three weeks to get your routines and stuff down. We should be in almost midseason form here. Yeah. Don't you need, should be, you should be ready to go. Don't need anybody popping hammies. You should have been warming up the past few weeks. Let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Let's, Let's go do it. for it, man. Let's we're just going to go down the list. Uh, start this thing off at noon. You know, there's a good couple games here, but you've got Oklahoma in Cincinnati starting off here at noon. Um, Number 16 ranked Oklahoma, I should say, um, going to Cincinnati for this game. Uh, you've got Oklahoma as a 14 and a half point favorite over under is 59 and a half on this game. And um, I don't know, Dan, looking at this game, I would not be surprised if Oklahoma just comes out and is able to maybe not surprise some folks, but we're we're going to take Oklahoma a little more seriously after this week. Yeah, it's especially been really impressed, especially with Cincinnati. I mean, Joe Burrow's got his calf tweaked a little bit. Jamar Chase hasn't been able to get going. <laughs> oh, um, the defense has just looked really off. Yeah, no, we, we left the NFL behind us, Dan. Oh, oh, okay, but I saw this team practicing at Cincinnati Bearcats indoor practice facility, so I thought they oh. were they were playing. Yeah, no. Sorry to inform you that it's uh, it's not quite. Oh, the case. okay. So yeah, the yeah, Bengals so. still don't have an indoor practice facility. Okay, all right. Oh, so they're playing the Cincinnati Bearcats. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. Emory Jones <laughs> is having a great season so far. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got the right team. Now now we're ready for the preview. Okay, all right, my bad. I had that wrong in the notes. Uh, but seriously, seriously. <laughs> you were about to be excited that T. Higgins had availability or eligibility. Again. Oh, I'm trying to trade him on my fantasy team right now. No. I, I can't. So I play him, he gets zero points. I bench him, he gets 37. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, I don't want you around. I don't want, oh, anyway. Man. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati has been good. Emory Jones running that offense. Love to see it. Uh, they got a stingy defense. They're well coached. Uh, Scott Satterfield's come in doing some good things so far. But the, Cincinnati looks good. Oklahoma looks great. I don't know what has gotten into that team so far, but Oklahoma looks like the real deal. And I'm with you. I think they come out and make a statement. Yeah, I, I lied. I am going to give you some numbers here. Oklahoma's offense, third in points per game, 55.7. Oh I know gosh. that they have not played. Really, I guess anybody to this point. I mean, they who I can try to think who they played last week. Butch Jones. Yeah, they they really put a hurt in on old Butch. <laughs> they hurt um, his heart. Yeah, they did not. <laughs> so, so just a defeated man. Um, yeah, Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa. Um, hey, SMU, SMU is yeah, that's a win. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, but yeah, fifty-five point seven points per game. That's third in college football total yards they're they're eighth i mean that's still top 10 passing yards seventh um at 358 yards per game uh they could run the ball a lot better they're they're not great at running it this is one area where cincinnati has the advantage um and then they're they're fourth in turnover differential which of course we're very young in the season but we've not included oklahoma in a lot of this contender discussion and i'm not here to say that they're a playoff contender um i still had texas as winning the big 12 but i could really see him coming out making a statement and saying hey we're, we're not 16 you know we're not 15 to 25 we're we're one to 15 like we're yeah. in the upper tier of college football teams this year yeah they've definitely got an opportunity to do that and uh i mean they've been looking really efficient dylan gabriel's been on i mean very good. Very, very, very good. And uh Yeah. Venables um, is starting to get that defense synced up too. Hey, and defense, um, fifth in points per game allowed. Uh they, allowing less than ten nine point three. I think this is the game where we find out is Oklahoma like just a good team that's been beating up on bad teams, or is Oklahoma like kind of a sleeping giant that nobody's talking about right now? Yeah. They have an opportunity to yeah. show folks for real. They'll play Texas in what? Two, three weeks. That's gonna be exciting. That'll be big. That'll be yeah. fun. Especially if both are coming into it undefeated. Oh. Just gift that keeps on giving. Oh, college yeah. football, man. Um, yeah. So also at noon, the game that you will be watching, I have no doubt, unless you turn the channel eventually. Uh, Florida State and Clemson. So this game is a little different than maybe we would have previewed it at the beginning of the year. Um, I would have thought. And I still think this should be a ranked matchup. I think not having Clemson in the top 25 is is pushing it a little bit. Uh, but nonetheless, number four, Florida State. Coming to see you guys there in Death Valley. Florida State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 55. And, um, yeah, it's tough because, of course, Florida State is coming off a showing that was not so great against Boston College. You, of Bandana course, have game. told us that it was the Bandana game. Red bandana, bandana game. Yeah. 
I actually picked them to cover. I picked Boston College to cover just because I saw the tweet that it was going to be the red bandana game. Oh, really? Yeah. That's nice. just only only ACC uh, aficionados would know would know such a thing. But nice. Well, that's what it is. We we know, we can take that away from it though. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is gonna. I would love to see this turn into a, a, a real good ball game. I want Clemson to come out and test FSU and get a good measure of where they're at. Um, it's tough because we saw what FSU did to LSU, and they handled it, I mean, more than well enough. Um, and then it's kind of like, okay, well, where are your Tigers compared to those Tigers? Um, it's hard to kind of assess both programs and say, well – because Florida State performed that way against LSU, they're going to do the X or Y against Clemson. Um, I don't know, man. This I, I, w- I want this to be a good ball game. I really want this to be a book, good ball game. I had a I had a friend text me yesterday at three eighteen p.m. Thank Eastern, you for that information. Eastern time. Uh, can I say something crazy? <laughs> uh, shout out Connor. Good dude. Uh, I said Connor. say something crazy. He said, I think you guys are going to beat FSU. Oh, You heard it here first. Connor. Um, I don't think that, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you can appreciate I, the sentiment. I don't hate that take. And I, we looked good against FAU. I know it's FAU. And I know it's Tom Herman in his bowling shirt looking all kinds of stupid, <laughs> mumbling through his <laughs> sideline interviews. But... We played a really good half of football in that first half, and even Dabo was like, this is what I've been waiting on. Like, this is what Clemson football is supposed to look like. I mean, everything was on time, on target. We were mixing in the run. We were passing heavily, though. We were taking shots downfield. We were, we were playing complementary football. Offense was feeding into the defense. Defense was feeding into the offense. We were creating turnovers. It went away in the in the second half, but we I, I think I legitimately think we saw a flash for a moment of what this team can look like when things are going right, and I think when things are going right, we can beat this Florida State team. But mm-hmm. how often do we play that? Is the question Saturday? Mm-hmm. With this being a noon game, and with this being the defensive line prowess that we have not been up against yet, I just think this is too tall of a task. Like Florida State is going to be gunning. They're after they feel like they got all the kinks out last week. I think they're going to be ready to come out and make a statement. Um, but this could be an interesting one early in the day. Yeah, man. That's the thing is Clemson. I mean, you've got the players, got the talent, got the coaching. It could happen. It could. And I'm not just going to say like. Well, if they saw him more than once last year, they they could have beat him. But, I mean, Dabo's familiar with this mm-hmm. program. You guys have played him a few – I mean, I'll say a few times. Um, especially, you know, with uh, Mike Norvell over there. Like, he's. it's not like this is his first rodeo, um, seeing this game be played out. And um, I think that that experience could – I mean, it could certainly help. And um, – yeah, Clemson is is well suited to be able to go out and win this game, and it would be very interesting to see what would happen uh, if Clemson comes out and beats Florida State because 
so many now are just like, yeah, Florida State is is a playoff team. And I'm not saying they're not, but, you know, all things continue at the rate they're moving, then it's like, yeah, they're in. And so Clemson, you guys got a good chance to mix that up. Um, Here's our opportunity. Looking back at this, yeah, the last time that Florida State beat Clemson was 2014. Yeah. So we are... Eight in a row. Yeah, we, we are approaching what, you know, is almost a decade since then. Mm-hmm. Now, those those are really good Florida State teams, but um, it's it's just to say that Clemson has had the upper hand in this matchup over the past several years, and um, I think you got to factor that in here as well. This is in this is a rivalry game. I don't think people know how this this is one of the most underrated rivalries in college football. It's kind of newer since the new age ACC's come into play. And for the first few years of this rivalry, it was just Florida State in all their Bobby Bowden glory beating up on a Clemson program that was trying to find its way. They were wearing, you know, purple jerseys with orange pants, looking all kinds of stupid and not having an identity. So that's gone on for a while. But this this is such weird things happen in rivalry games. I mean, we saw we we stayed up till two in the morning seeing that play out the other night. Weird Some things happen in rivalry games. I'm not um, so Clemson. Here's your opportunity. But I tell you what, if we come out here and lay an egg and just look like we don't even belong on the field, you might get my first Dabo rant. <laughs> oh boy, number one. So I could. This is this game is going to insert me into any form of a kaleidoscope of emotional. Uh, like destinations. I, yeah, you're going could, extreme one way or the yeah, other. It's one way or the way other, going. it's going to be, or we could come out and lose by 14, and I'm fine. Like, like that's true too. Yeah, yeah, because you've gone on record saying that you think you're you're not winning this game. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be a fun one. Yeah, no, I, this is just interesting. As I'm looking this up here, you mentioned the quality of the rivalry uh, since 2012. The well. 2021 was the only year where the winner was not ranked. Other than that, here is the list of the winners of this game. 2012 was, and we'll just go down the list, number four, Florida State, number five, Florida State, number one, Florida State, number three, Clemson, number three, Clemson, number four, Clemson, number two, Clemson, number two, Clemson. Give it a year. Number four, Clemson. Like this is... You're missing a number one, Clemson. So... um there, this, you they will say that Clemson's won seven in a row. Clemson's won eight in a row. In twenty twenty, Florida State forfeited the game, and uh, that win. Oh was yeah, never, it's not on here. It's not on here. It was never officially awarded, but Florida State forfeited the game in twenty twenty, and we were ranked number one. Um, that's a win. We've won eight in a row, not seven. I'm I'm going to be that petty about it. That's fine. You have the we, right to do that. We we drove all the way down there, and Mike Norvell said, "Oh, we got one guy who's got COVID. We can't play." So we had to get back on the bus and drive back to Clemson. So, no. Florida State forfeited one, and I'm counting it. That's fine, man. You do that. That's But there um, you go. Exhibit A of how deep this rivalry runs. Yeah. And you know that it has some pretty serious implications for yeah. the uh, for title contention. Absolutely. Um, nice. Well, out of the noon slot, um, the gift just keeps on giving. Let's go into the 330 games. You've got number 19, Colorado. My Going West to team. Eugene. See number 10, Oregon. Your West team. Yes. Big matchup. This, yeah, this is us. this is the battle of our teams as we established last week. My beloved Buffaloes. 
My outs, my your darling ducks. Duck. My darling ducks. There you go. <laughs> my darling ducks. This will be fun. Uh, I think Oregon's going to demolish Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Oregon's a twenty-one point favorite. Is um, it? Where's this game being played at? In Oregon. This Oregon's going to win by forty. <laughs> or, or Oregon's going to win by forty. <laughs> yeah. So uh, three touchdown spread. Um, Over under is at seventy-one. And I feel like the line is just giving is just meant to give some fuel for Coach Prime. I think he, he probably requested that they be uh down by or by the well, spread be two touchdowns. It is three per- touchdowns. It is personal again this week. <laughs> it is, I don't know if you knew that, but uh it's always personal, Dan. Before the uh season started, uh somebody asked Dan Lanning, I don't know if you recall this, somebody asked Dan Lanning about the impact of Colorado leaving the conference. This was in early August, and he, and yeah, he responded. Yeah, he responded with a, well, uh, when's when's the last time Colorado won anything significant? Anybody? Yeah. Bueller? No. Okay. Don't care. Uh, so I'm sure that is already being played in in the facilities of in Boulder this week. It's personal. It's personal again. It's personal. Personal. And it's business. It's personal. I'm bringing my mama back. Oh man! Um, we talking about my mama. Well, but I love just sidebar. I love though the end of the pregame speech. He was like acknowledging that it wasn't a full on diss at his mom. Yeah, he, he didn't say D- nothing about my mama. D- but he on his side. He's a fair man. He he he, he assumed. Yeah. he acknowledged this was not a direct diss at his mom but it just made the implication yeah and that's enough mama saying just caught a stray (laughs) 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 but we gonna aim right for right right back at him (laughs) oh man um yeah i i don't know that it's gonna look good for colorado um of course, there's the absence of Travis Hunter. Even with, I mean, th- this game may be a little closer, um, but Oregon's just in a different spot right now. Uh, it's a different team. When we talked about um, Oklahoma's offense, Oregon's in points per game is second, 58 points per game. Um, third in total yards. They Eight. are fifth in passing yards in the sort of the balance of them. They are still 12th in rushing yards. It's a very good, very complete offense. And um, what's even more impressive about that is that includes like, I know they scored 38 in that game, but that includes a pretty rusty game against the Texas Tech team on the road. Yeah, a game that they, you know, kind of squeaked out. Yeah. I, yeah. No, if Colorado um, wins this game, then I'll believe. <laughs> you believe if, now? If they were, and I already believe that they're like going to be a, they're going to go to a bowl game and be a good program this year. But like, if they win this game, then I'll like believe, believe. But I don't believe right now. So I'm taking Oregon. You don't believe? I don't believe. Not a believer. Yeah. Um, it's going to be exciting to see the offenses go up against each other. Um, you know, nationally, they're at least statistically in different places, but. It, yeah, it's going to be fun to see him go back to bath. You got Shadur Sanders coming up against Bo Nix. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, the defenses are just going to have to do their darndest in yeah. this game. Um, the one that holds will probably make a difference, which that's where I also would tend to lean with Oregon. Um, 
the defense is just a, a more ready and experienced uh, defense. You know, the the Colorado hype train has been largely driven by the offense. They've had great, you know, defensive plays and production, but um, it, I, I think that's going to be the, the big kicker. Oregon will probably be able to score pretty easily. Colorado will be able to score, just maybe not as easily. And um, I, I don't see where Colorado's defense is going to provide much to stop Oregon. So I do, I do like Oregon here as well. Yeah. Let's move along to a game that is looking a lot different than we would have thought starting the year. Um, the Ole Miss Rebels at the Alabama Crimson Tide, also at 3.30 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama is a favorite. They're a touchdown favorite. Over-under is 55.5, as you've mentioned. Jalen Milrow will be coming out and playing this game. And some weird stuff there. I know there was like some opening of a quarterback competition, but Saban even made some comments about like how you can respond to things. So it is kind of odd quarterback situation last week. And I'm not going to say that it was intended to like, like affect Milrow and his, um, not his demeanor, maybe his actions or something like that. There was just an odd comment that he made that kind of made it look like there was something more than just the quarterback competition going on. Uh, but he's at, he's back this week and man the it's offenses be better are very than what, different it's gotta the be better than what are, we saw last week yeah the like think about Ole Miss's offense right now and the way that they they've got some firepower they can run the ball on you they can throw the ball on you I mean Alabama's defense is gonna probably be the kicker here uh if they can just slow them down long enough to get that offense some time to go out and sustain some drives and score. But yeah, man, I, I, I this is not a sure fact or, or a given that the way this game is going to go by any means over the past weeks. I mean, you struggle last week with USF. You have now lost to Texas. Could we see Alabama end up with two losses here at the four going two and two? in the fourth week of the season? Potentially. Uh, the fun fact, the last time Alabama was ranked this low, uh, they was it was eight years ago they went into Sanford Stadium and beat Georgia by 28. So, um, <laughs> sorry. I appreciate that. That was the Grayson Lambert year. That oh, was... my God. Of course, no wonder. <laughs> I think Ole Miss has a very good chance to win this game just because there's been so much disruption of the quarterback situation. Part of me thinks, like, is Milrose confidence shot a little bit now? And how is that going to factor in? Also, are you planning to use him differently than he was already being used beforehand? Because that did not work when they played a Texas team at home. And I know there's a lot being said about, well, it's in Tuscaloosa. Well, the Texas game was in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and Alabama was getting false starts. Yeah, in their own home on their own home field. I almost don't even think that's a factor in this. And I don't know, man. Ole Miss is a little bit battle tested, and with that two lane game now, and they're they're working on finding that balance between the running and passing game. Jackson Dart has had to go win a game, and he's done it. This is be interesting. This is be interesting. But I think, like you said, the defense for Alabama 
probably gives them a slight edge, but I really, I don't even know if I'm going to make a pick in this game. Yeah. I really don't know. There's so much unknown about both of these teams. I will say though, I said on our preview show, our SEC preview show that I thought Ole Miss was an interesting dark horse to contend for the conference. This would be an opportunity. Here you go. Here you go, Lane. Here you go. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, this is this is it. Ole Miss has got a chance. Um, it's just, it's hard right now to look at Alabama. It's odd to say, and I know it's just like, man, well, everybody's going to try and kick them while they're down because we can. But it's just hard to look and be like, what is the thing that they have? What makes that them is special? Just going well. I mean, I've been talking about the ranks and the national rank throughout this episode, but they're 54th in points per game. They are 83rd in total yards. They're 100th in passing yards, 58th in rushing yards. I mean, they're not in the top 50 in any of these offensive categories. Um, the defense helps, but even then they're 27th in points per game allowed. They are 49th in rushing yards allowed and 48th in the turnover differential. Like there's just not the thing that you look at this team and it's like, okay, yeah, but like, okay, they're struggling on this new with, with this new offensive identity with this new quarterback, but this. There's just not that but factor that is they got no but helping out. Yeah, no but, man. Got no no but. but. They got no but. How are you gonna win with no but? You gotta have a but. I mean, they got a kicker, but that's about he's it. a good he's a good kicker. He's a good He's kicker. a good kicker, but like how in what world now are we talking about <laughs> Alabama's kicker? <laughs> Everything. Being one of the best on the team. That was their plague for years. Yeah. And the now, Supermoon, boy, dude. they got a kicker, but at what cost? The supermoon. We're living in a bizarre world. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> conspiracy theories. Saban talked all that at, at, in the preseason about, we're going to run the dang ball. And it seems like the last thing he wants to do is run the dang ball. And they really should. <laughs> They're very much built to do that. <laughs> I, I really don't understand. But uh, is this say, offensive line like capable? Maybe they just not. Didn't seem maybe like not. they were really getting it around on Texas. No, maybe not. I mean, That's the I, thing. I'm I'm going back. Look, in that Texas game, overall they rushed for 107 yards. Jace McClellan had 45. Jalen Milrow himself had 44. That's not good. So 107 total yards. I just, I don't know, man. Like the, I don't know that they have the confidence or they're able to just impose their will and go out and just run the ball. Like that is the Alabama, you know, run the dang ball, but I just don't know if they can. Has Saban and Tommy Reese been too preoccupied with trying to figure out who their quarterback is and opening up that, that competition to run the dang ball? Maybe. And they kind of let the other areas suffer as a result. I mean, possibly. Bama, let's open up the running back competition this week. Let's see. (laughs) Let's see who's RB one. Last time you said that, it did not go great for him at that position. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's going to be interesting to see. And Lane's kind of come close. He's given some good games in his time there in Ole Miss. And he's feeling good. He's 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 doing some funny stuff on X this week about this game. (laughs) He's always doing some funny stuff on X. Um, There's something in the air. I don't know, though, because last time I said there's something in the air about Ole Miss going into 
Alabama. It's when I thought that Matt Corral was going to be an overall number one draft pick, and I thought they were going to go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. That was a popcorn game. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Me either. Um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of interesting too, though. You know, we went so long without a Saban disciple beating the master himself, and it's like Jimbo did it. And then Kirby came along and did it, and now Sark's done it. And it's almost just like it's beginning to more and more quickly go downhill on that path. So we'll see. What do you what do you think a retired Nick Saban looks like? Well, he's on he's probably on game day, right? Well, maybe he's not on game day, but he's on that like primetime crew or something. He's just too good when they get him on the broadcast in different areas. You think he's good? He's got a TV job somewhere for sure. Okay, for sure. I, I I feel like he gets on and he's just mad. Well, yeah, but when have you ever known like Gary Danielson to be pleasant or anything like that? That's true. So that one I time they had Trump, TV. they had Trump come in. He was happy. Well, yeah, of course he does. <laughs> We're gonna make college football great again. It's gonna be amazing, and people are gonna love it. They're going to love it. There's Jake's impression. Yeah, did it wasn't you, even did, that good. You remember when he climbed into the box with old Vern and Gary Danielson, and he was like, it was for the Army-Navy game, and he's like, well, it's not the best football, but, you know, they, they do a lot for our country, and we love it. We've <laughs> got to support these brave men and women on the field and off the field. These are our soldiers. They keep us free. Garbage um, football. <laughs> Garbage football, but love the troops. Love the troops. Yes. Um, just right, go to the next game. <laughs> the whole time. That's the most offensive booth. Gary, <laughs> Gary Danielson, Trump. Gary Danielson, Vern Longquist, and Donald Trump. That is the most offensive <laughs> broadcast booth it's ever been. A lot All of right. dead skin in that booth, <laughs> and, and not a lot of hair. Um, not a lot of hair, real hair. Oh, also at three thirty, <laughs> <laughs> UCLA number twenty-two uh, going to see number eleven Utah. Utah is a four and a half point favorite. The over under here is 51. Um, I, I could be totally wrong on this. I'm just going to switch into vibes only for a minute because I know we've spent a good amount of time on some of these games, but I don't know a lot about UCLA. Um, Me either. I, I, know there's Chip, a... I know there's Chip Kelly. Um, yeah. I know that, but I just don't. I, my initial assumption looking at this game is just Utah's going to win. It, it's going to be pretty easy going and that's is cam rising back i don't know but even the the kind of you know two quarterback system has, has worked okay for them um let's get an update here real quick he's preparing looks like a maybe it's almost like a game time decision type thing here um so that that could be a big factor so of course here, um yeah you don't, nobody goes to Utah at night and wins, but this is a 1230 kickoff. So that's true. If Cam Rising doesn't play, I'm going vibes only. UCLA, better uniforms. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I'll take um, it. It seems that they'll make a decision on Thursday. Um, he's been a full participant with no contact on any of the quarterbacks, uh, is what Whittingham said. I don't know. Like I, I'm gonna be very transparent here. I did not do a lot of digging on this game, but now I'm beginning to question my choices. Um, 
I was looking over the the team rankings as I've done for just about all these games, and I'm like, okay, well, Utah's ninth in points per game allowed. Um, that's the best ranking category they have in terms of nationally. But then UCLA is ranked seventh in that category. And outside of that, they kind of outpace them on everything else. Um, I'm just going to read through these, but holy cow, UCLA is 20th in points per game, 7th in points per game allowed, like I just mentioned. They're 10th in total yards, um, 51st in passing yards, so nothing much there. They're third in rushing yards per game. Yeah, Chip's and, at it. Um, Chip's running it around. Yeah, I mean, now the... The defense is definitely better on Utah. That's the strength. They are higher ranked than them on yards per game allowed and turnover differential. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Maybe UCLA is the better option here. I'm going them off vibes only. Go with them off vibes only. My pick, uh, I'll hedge and just say it depends on Cam Rising. I think if Cam Rising plays, Utah probably wins. Um, yeah, that's a factor. For me too. If he if he but comes in know, and plays, man. forget what I said. Yeah, I don't know. That's really tough though. Uh, UCLA is no snub. I, sh- I should have looked at this more. It's gonna be. A, it could be a good game. Um, like you said, they're in Utah, and it's not a night game, so it's on the list. It's gonna be a good game. Yeah, it's gonna be a great game. It's a ranked matchup. Um, we'll go, we'll give our sort of quick picks at the end, but um, yeah, that's gonna be more interesting than I imagined. So look out for Cam Rising status there. Um, moving on, you know, it's not often in college football that you get a conference championship game so early. So we've yeah. got one, the two it's pack two. Yeah. The two pack championship game. Um, I just now got it. They should play this. Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's dead. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's worse. I was not going right, to I'll take that out. That was too. <laughs> no, leave it. Leave it. Okay. Fine. <laughs> oh man. Um, so Yeah. <laughs> they sh- they should play this game in like Vegas or something. They should. I mean, this is a conference championship here, soon to be. Yeah. Um, number fourteen, Oregon State, going to number twenty-one, Washington State. Uh, Oregon State is a three-point favorite. Over/under is fifty-six. Um, full transparency again. Uh, not too invested on this one, but hey, I am. Oregon State. Okay, man, you're you're invested. Washington State is having a great turnaround from where they've been. They beat Wisconsin earlier this year. That was a huge win for them. Uh, vibes are high in Pullman. This game's in Pullman. Oregon State looking good. DJ looks comfortable. They their defense flies around a little bit too. I I really like both of these, but I think I'm going Washington State because there's some magic going on in Pullman. I like it. Yeah, both teams are coming in undefeated, uh, 3-0 and here. So uh, the the se- the perfect season continues for only one of them. Yeah, man, I think I kind of like Washington State here too. Um, they have their, – their offense is, is, is moving. They move uh, ball. Yeah. Yeah, man. And – just based on literally all I know about DJ, I think he's a he's a pretty good quarterback. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if he comes down into a uh, got to go win this game situation. Um, yeah, Washington State looks good, and uh, I think I, I think I like him here. It's going to be fun though. There's a lot on the line in this game. Again, the Pac-2 championship right here. Yeah, I mean. Washington State's got impressive numbers. They're six points per game, seven total yards per game. 
third in passing yards. Um, that offense will do it. Um, it's going to come down to Oregon State's defense. Probably got to slow them guys down. Yep. We'll nice. see. They're, that side of the ball has been looking good for them. So maybe they can do it. Maybe they'll be up to the task. But Pullman, that's where dreams go to die. That's the truth right there. That's right. Nice. Uh, and if, well, we have moved into the night primetime slates here with Oregon State and Washington State. Also, 730. You got number 24, Iowa, going to Happy Valley to see number seven, Penn State. Penn State's a 14 and a half point favorite. The over-under is 40. Um, that's that's a low yet accurate number for sure. And I just I, I don't see what Iowa's bringing to the table here. I know that they the defense, but I just I don't see how they're gonna score. Scar tissue game. Scar tissue game. Iowa always gives Penn State trouble. Every single I know. Time. I know. But I just where do the points come from? Where do they find them? Are they bringing uh, some with do them? Do you not know? Do you not know that they're now averaging uh, ten points above the drive for three twenty five right now? No. <laughs> you're aware of you're aware of this, right? No. The drive for three twenty five. Uh uh-uh. uh Okay, so Kurt Ferentz is the head coach at Iowa. His son Brian is the offensive coordinator. There is a lot of upset folks in the Midwest about him still running this offense into the ground, mind you. Uh, so this year, it was installed into his deal that if he d- if Iowa does not average 25 points a game, he will his contract will be terminated. Oh, I yeah. did not know this. Uh, so there's, there's a live tracker <laughs> going on to see if they can... There was also a deep fake thing that went on this this week with uh brian ferentz uh somebody used ai to make it look like it was him but uh him giving like a quick press conference of being like everybody needs to get on the ladder and climb out of my you know what <laughs> because because <laughs> we're now averaging 10 points above and they're literally leaving their starters in against these crappy teams to score more points but brian ferentz is just like my guys need reps <laughs> my guys need reps they they no, I'm I'm currently reading a quote from Brian Ferentz, uh, talking about that he brought his brought back his son. Um, <laughs> the quote here says, "It's like mortality, right? We're all gonna die. Most people haven't. <laughs> Most people haven't fully contemplated that. I'm still working on it, but in coaching, you have to face that at some point too. And the sooner you do." The better, the better off you are. Just accept that you're mortal and it's totally out of your control. So let's turn the focus to what I can control, where we can make improvements, and what can I do to be better. So, um, yeah, so we're all going to die. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> to come face to face with that. Um, holy cow! Well, th- the point of me looking this up is that they're, uh, I believe they're behind. On no, the I drive. think they 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 crossed it this week. They're averaging high now, but. They're about to get into the meat of their schedule. So, oh yeah, this is uh this is a week old. Oh yeah, no, actually, here they are, twenty eight point three points per game. There we go. Nice. Well, um, good news for them. Yeah, that was maybe a little bit of a dated and uneducated take on where I stand with Iowa, but still, we're talking about them now, averaging woohoo twenty eight point three points per game. Woohoo! And that's up against Penn State's fourteenth ranked forty three point seven. 
and the fact that they are only allowing 11.7 points per game. I just don't see... I understand scar tissue game, whatever. Yeah, it's being in Happy Valley is a big deterrent for me. And this yeah, Penn at State night as well. At night, Penn State looks different too. They they really do. They they throw the ball around. They fly everywhere on defense. They're they're faster than their past teams. I I don't think this Penn State team is going to struggle with what past Penn State teams have struggled with, and that might include this game. Yeah. Yeah, so we shall see. Um, I think Iowa's goal here is just to cover. Um, and if they can get there and score more than 25 points, then they should probably be pleased. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's all they care about at this point. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get it down to the, I mean, I don't know if I would say game of the week. Yeah, Because there's me. so many good games for you. It's game of the week. Game of the week. Um, I mean, it is. It, it, it It's a great game, and it's very... Um, influential game is what I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, so that's a good way to put it. Seven thirty. Uh, this is in South Bend, Ohio State number six, Notre Dame number nine. Um, Ohio State is a three point favorite here. Uh, the over under is fifty five and a half. And um, I don't know, man. For me, I, I when it comes to Ohio State being favored, I know it's only three points, and those are almost just like a pick 'em, just because you're. You're talking one score, really, almost um, one field goal. But I, I just think that the ranking, the fact that Ohio State is number six, and the fact that they have Marvin Harrison Jr. are like the only things that are making them the favorites in this game. Other than that, like I, I get I, my gut within me, my, the vibes only feels like Notre Dame should be the favorite in this game. I feel like they should be too. I like Notre Dame to win this game. Yeah, I just, Notre Dame has shown a lot more to me than Ohio State has. Or maybe maybe they have shown an equal amount, but Notre Dame has showed more positive, improving um, signs to me than mm-hmm. Ohio State has. I mean, the, the defense is there. Their their defense is, is formidable, no doubt. They're second- Points per game allowed, Ohio State is. Uh, allowing less than a touchdown per game. Uh, yards per game allowed, it's third. Uh, 223.7 yards. So the defense is there. But um, they've not yet played Sam Hartman in Notre Dame. Mm-mm. I like... Uh, uh, Kyle McCord has started to look... He's looked better week to week. But finding it. He, he hasn't played a, de- a defense quite like this. Ohio State... Oh, I'm kind of with you. Other than other than Marvin Harrison Jr. existing, I, I don't really I don't really know what the big draw is for them. And they got to go, they got to go to South Bend, and it just feels like the Ohio State identity that they need: rush the passer, uh, run the ball, um, get the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. every chance you get over the top. Like th- we haven't seen that yet. And we saw maybe one blink of it during the Western Kentucky game. And yeah, Ohio State looked awesome in that game. And Western Kentucky is not the worst opponent. But I feel like Notre Dame has gone through the gone through the progression of the season a little more. They played a pretty tough out in Navy. I mean, a game they should win, but a difficult game to play and looked amazing. 
They played Central Michigan last week. They had the NC State game with the weather delay. They faced a lot of adversity there, and they pulled out a, a – they covered and found themselves a little bit in that game. I feel like Ohio State is just now on the journey that they need to be on, but Notre Dame has been through that journey a little bit more. And mm-hmm. you like can't that. say enough about the experience that Sam Hartman has all through the years for him at Wake Forest. This guy's a fighter, and I, I – I like I like Notre Dame's chances a lot in this game. I'm honestly getting to where I like Notre Dame's chances against anybody, mm. and this is their first chance to really go out there and prove it. So I'm excited to watch this game for that reason. We'll see. Yeah. Well, and if it comes down to somebody's got to go for a game-winning drive at the end and it comes down to the quarterback, Notre Dame's got the edge here. 100%. And, and so that's important. Nothing against Kyle McCord. He's, he's yeah. improving, but... And he shouldn't be expected to be on the same tier as Sam Hartman or exactly. compared to him. Unfortunately, he will be because he's facing him. But these are two quarterbacks in very different situations, and he's got a good team. Right, Audric Estime is a baller, by the way. I don't really that. I think that's the key. If Ohio State can bottle up Audric Estime in that running game, they might have a shot to stay in stay in the late rounds and keep swaying. But Man, if if Sam Hartman can be Sam Hartman and Notre Dame can run the ball, yeah, it's not going to be a good day. Yeah, not going to be a good day in that case. Um, So yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for this game. Again, there's a lot of uh, there's a big impact on the outcome of this game on where we're going to view both programs and what their playoff contention looks like out of this. Um, So yeah, it's exciting to see. Um, any more thoughts here? Do we want to run through and give our official picks on these? Yeah, let's do like rapid fire picks. Yeah. Or right, is so, this? Uh, hang on. Is this against the spread or just outright? I feel like if we should just do outright this week. Just outright. Yeah. yeah. So many ranked on ranked matchups. True. True. And the only super large spread in here is that Oregon, Colorado spread at twenty one. I mean, the Oklahoma Cincinnati is pretty big, fourteen and a half. Yeah. Let's pick it. All right, Oklahoma Cincinnati. Who you're going with? Uh, Oklahoma. Yep, Oklahoma here as well. Boomer. Boomer Sooner, baby. FSU and Clemson. FSU. Really? It hurts my heart, but yes. Man. All right. We'll yeah, see what we um, can do, though. We'll see what we can do. You know, I'm all for chaos, and let's just let's just see what they're made of. I'm going to say Clemson wins. Okay. The boogeyman okay. reigns. That's two. That's two. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, talent, experience, very important. FSU could still make it as a one-loss team if they win it out. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, maybe that end of the Boston College games, I get it, bandana game. Red bandana um, game. Maybe just forget about over. it. All right, uh, Colorado and Oregon on the count of three. One, two, three, Oregon. Oregon. Nice. All right. <laughs> should we just do count of three the rest of the way? <laughs> oh, we should. That's nice. That'll be fun. Yeah, I uh, know you had to pick against your buff, so I'm sorry about that. Yeah, we'll bounce back. All right, Ole Miss and Alabama. One, two, three. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. <laughs> go Rebels, baby. Go Rebs. Did you have them too? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, we go. can't really hear each other when we do it that way. All right. It actually may make the audio sound terrible when we do <laughs> Yeah, let's not do that. Bad idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. UCLA and Utah. Who you got, Dan? If Cam Rising plays Utah, if he doesn't, UCLA. You know what? Because this is the Pac-12... I'm I'm actually going to go against a little I said earlier. Whether Cam does or doesn't play, I'm going to pick UCLA. Okay, commit. They I have, will too. UCLA they have surprised me in U- this. Yeah, 
It's me the too. most Pac-12 thing for UCLA to win this game and then Utah go on and win the conference. It would be. Yeah. All right. Oregon State, Washington State. Who you got? Wazoo. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Washington State as well. I uh, really like the offense there. Iowa State and Penn State. We could also count it on the three here. We won't, but um, who you got? One, two, three. Penn State. Penn State. Yep, Penn State. Nice. Easy. Um, and then Ohio State. Notre Dame. Who's your who's your pick to win here, Dan? This I'll is take a big one. I'll take I'll take touchdown Jesus. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll take give me Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. Um I just defense is great, but I don't know what Ohio State's gonna present on them. So yeah. Notre Dame for me as well. All right, Dan. I'm laying the coin down. That was a solid, solid preview of week four here. And um those great guys. It, it's it's great and it's gonna be a great weekend of college football. So we're looking forward to it. Um, all right. Well, Hey, we're going to, we'll go ahead. No, no, no. It's too late. It's too late. I just saw the time. I was going to get us on a whole other tangent. Yeah. We may not have time. (laughs) We'll save that for another week. Yeah. I'll I'll have it in the back of my head. All right. Keep it there. Okay. Don't lose it. All right. All right, Dan. Well, uh, we're going to close this thing out with a little bit of sports trivia. Yeah. Well, why not? We'll shake it up. I mean, you got your garbage time with me arguing with that 14 year old kid. And somehow yeah. defending Baker Mayfield. I don't know how I got into that back got backed into that corner. Um, so no garbage time, but we'll do some sports trivia. Let's do it. All right, man. Um, my question is how many 14 year olds does it take to defeat Dan? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's next week. That's, That's for next, next week. week. I know. Gotta do my own <laughs> Good callback though. Good callback. Hey, right. Bringing it all here. Yeah. Okay. Um, who's gonna go first? I guess you can get the choice since you lost the coin toss. Uh, I'll go first. Go for it. All right. I'm, uh, I'm not going to get this right. I'm, I feel bad. I think you might. Trivia. I think you might. Sometimes I just say this out loud when I'm like cooking and there's no one, no one around or if I'm like doing a chore. And I'll just say this out loud. I'll say this statement out loud and just be like, this is a thing that's true and is real and happened. Jake, in the history of the college football playoff committee rankings, who was the first team to ever be ranked number one? Oh, I do think I know this. Uh, Ole Miss? Close. Or no, uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Yes. Mississippi State. Yeah. Mississippi State with Dak Prescott in 2014 was the first ever team to be ranked number one. Sometimes I'll just say that out loud. I'm like Mississippi State, first ever number one team in college football playoff committee history. So weird. Nine, Almost nine years ago. So weird, man. Yeah. That was I mean, that weird. was weird. Yeah. The rankings were really, um, were really, they they began to find, the water found its level there. Um, It it did. We talk about 07 as being a crazy year. And then 2014 had a little bit of that too, but we still ended up with Oregon, Ohio State, Florida State, and Alabama in the playoff. Yeah. But there for a moment, we thought we were heading towards a one versus two egg bowl. That would have been exciting, though. I still kind of wish we had gotten in a little. Would have been something. Man. Yeah. Well, that was a fun just walk down memory road because, or um, memory lane, rather. Because, yeah, that was, uh, it did happen. It did happen. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Dan. Uh, I've got a trivia question for you, and uh, may not, you may not enjoy it given the week that we're at here. And it's not even really related to statistics or rankings. So you may hate this. Okay. Um, but back in the day, 
because uh, in honor of his four his four hundredth pick, Lee Corso played college football. You know, he did, of course, coach, but he also played. And in the mid-50s, he went to Florida State, and he roomed with another notable Seminole who would go on to be a famous actor. I'm not just talking Reynolds. Okay. There you go, then. Easy enough. Look at us. Look at us. We got it. Hey. Burt Reynolds. I don't know why I know that Burt Reynolds played football at Florida State, but... You sure did, though, man. I I was on it. Yeah. Well, hey, that's excellent. Then we, we both... Got it right. I mean, I guess I got it wrong on the first try. Yeah, you got it wrong. I got it right. I win. Well, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so good job. I, I thought that might stump you here. Um, I wanted to ask a Dion question, but it was way too easy. Oh, can you ask it? it, it well, I just gave away the answer. Oh. <laughs> oh, look at me. Two for two. <laughs> <laughs> no, what is The question was that there's only one athlete to hit a home run and score a touchdown in the same week. Oh, yeah. Same athlete who only person to ever play in both the World Series and Super Bowl. Uh, Bo Jackson. Well, we don't, it's okay. All right. I'm going to ask you one more, actually, that we can cut this. Okay. Question Though Wimbledon Wimbledon Mm -hmm. is a pretty big deal today, the very first tournament was scheduled in 1877 as a fundraiser for England's preferred sport of the day. What was Croquet. the sport? Gosh, almighty. All right, never mind then. I'm, not I'm a killer, more, dude. I'm a killer. I'm not asking you any more trivia <laughs> questions. So angry. I, I got this big you, brain. Should have asked you a different Florida State question. Um, Ask me another Florida State question. Let's keep it going. Okay, another Florida State question. All right. Uh, Florida State's Jameis Winston became the youngest player to win the Heisman in December 2013. Mm-hmm. The oldest winner also happened to play for Florida State. Chris Winkie. All right, how old was he? 28. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Really? He was. This is all staying in. This is awesome. I hate this. I hate this so much. We should just play like winter stays. Like just keep going. Just keep going. Uh, Okay. um, This is another roommate question. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Oh, darn it. I gave away part of it. It's okay. Former NBA star Grant Hill has some serious connections within the Democratic Party. On the night he was drafted, Hill received a congratulatory congratulatory call from then-President Bill Clinton. But why and how? Ooh, why and how? (laughs) Yeah, this is not fair. Yeah, I don't know this one. Grant Hill's mother was a college roommate of Hillary Clinton. And so they had a friendship that went back for decades. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I would not have expected you to know that. But Has Grant Hill murdered people too? <laughs> All right. Well, now that... I'll have to cut that or I'll be Now that you've found a bounty on our heads. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, man. All right, because we're cutting this anyways. Last question for you. Okay. No, this there, is all staying in. Every bit of oh this my is staying gosh. in. This is, yeah. <laughs> there are a number of quote-unquote human mascots in college sports. West Virginia has a Mountaineer. Florida State has Ceola and Renegade. And USC has that dude dressed up like a Trojan warrior. Mm-hmm. There's only one quote-unquote human mascot in all four major North American sports. Who is that mascot? All right. All four major. So we're talking professional sports here. Going through, I don't believe it's an NFL team. I mean, the Braves have the freeze. <laughs> but that's 
I'm glad you said the freeze or you would have canceled us. Can you give me the sport? Yeah, uh, it's football. It is football, okay. It's a real live human. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger stands on the <laughs> sidelines for the Chargers game sometimes. Um, Go Chargers! <laughs> yeah, um, that's not it, though. I don't know, man. I'm stumped. It is Ragnar, the Minnesota Viking. He, he's not an official mascot. Oh, stop. But Ragnar, yes, Ragnar is a big deal. Ragnar is not the official Vikings mascot. All right, whatever. I, I know about Anyways. Ragnar, though. You tried to you tried to do me dirty there. No, Bleacher Report tried to do you dirty. I just had a list of questions. He's not the official mascot, but Ragnar, uh, yeah, he's he's from the streets. Yeah, all right. Well, they embrace him enough. Um, all right, well, you know what? Before we close this thing off, you insist to talk about tennis. I insist to talk about baseball. I'm going to keep this thing like 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. Uh, we have some teams that have clinched. Baltimore, Tampa Bay have both clinched a spot, not necessarily the division. Uh, the Bravos, as we mentioned earlier, clinched the NL East for Woo-hoo. the sixth straight year uh, last Wednesday. Also, the Dodgers have Boom. clinched the West. I know. And um, also, the Braves have uh, already gone ahead and clinched a first-round bye with a Cardinals win over the Brewers earlier. So, What's, what's our uh, magic number for clinching home field? That's a great question. And I'm not sure. I don't even know if that's calculated somewhere. It, it is calculated somewhere. I have no doubt. Um, but I don't know. I would like to know. Uh, but either way, the playoff picture is is surely shaping up. We know that the Braves and the Dodgers are in. We know that the Orioles and the Rays are in. So now it's up to uh, some other things to go down. The, the nationally wild card is just fascinating right now. Oh, it is. The Cubs are fading fast. The Cubs the, are fading fast. The Diamondbacks Miami are Miami got done dirty. Um, Arizona, I mean, they've only got a half-game lead over those Cubs. Cincinnati is still there. They're Easy only schedule. a half-game back. We read their schedule. We did. Easy. We did. So um, that's just my baseball plug for don't forget about baseball. It We're going to have a – maybe next week. Maybe next week we'll have – well, maybe two weeks from now, playoff prediction. Yeah, because then playoff. the season will be ending that week, so we'll – We'll bring that whole thing to a close. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Uh, we got a little excited today, ran a little long, but sports are exciting. They are. And um, it's fun to talk about them. It's fun to watch them. And it's especially fun when, uh, you know, people are out there playing, looking at you, NBA. Um, so thanks so much for checking us out again. Hey, you know what? Why don't you just go ahead and follow that podcast there? So every time we drop in your feed, you get a little ding. It's time for lunch, and you know it's time to listen. Uh, even a rating, maybe. Share it with your friends, you know. Tell them, hey, you're at lunch. You're trying to escape from the madness of your work day. Well, you know, go ahead and put on the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Take a break. Take a lunch break. Take a lunch break. You really want to get some mindlessness and think about nothing? Yes. You want to actually lose some brain cells? Put on the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Shows about nothing are typically do well. Exactly. So go ahead. Take us away, Dan Campbell. Man, uh, it's not about nothing, though. It's it's about football, and and that's football, man. And it's what we got to do. That's football. This is the Lunch Hour Sports Show. We'll see you guys next week. I love you guys, man.